You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our Patreon review of the 2017 film, The Ghost Story. When I was little, we used to move all the time. I'd write these notes, and I would fold them up really small, and I would hide them. What did they say? They were just like things I wanted to remember, so that if I ever wanted to go back, there'd be a piece of me there waiting. So much. History? No place like home. That's a business. A writer writes a novel. A songwriter writes a song. We do what we can to endure. build our legacy piece by piece and maybe the whole world will remember you or maybe just a couple of people but you do what you can to make sure you're still around after you're gone all right everyone you were just listening to the trailer to the 2017 film a ghost story and the story for a ghost story is as follows Recently deceased, a white-sheeted ghost returns to his suburban home to console his bereft wife, only to find that in his spectral state, he has become unstuck in time, forced to watch passively as the life he knew and the woman he loved slowly slip away. Increasingly unmoored, the ghost embarks on a cosmic journey through memory and history, confronting life's ineffable questions and the enormity of existence. The film is starring Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. It is written and directed by David Lowry. Joining me for this Patreon podcast review voted on by you, the fans of Next Best Picture, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Josh Williams. What's going on, everybody? And Danilo Castro. Hey, everybody. Hope you brought your pies. You know, I actually wanted so badly to have pie ready for this episode. I wanted to eat it while we were talking about it. I didn't have time, though. In a real I didn't have time. time. And I feel so like that's it. Like everyone should just shut off this review. It's over. It, it, there's no point. How did that not become a challenge like on film Twitter? It was supposed to happen. I promise you all. I just didn't think I was going to get home this late tonight. And like, you know, no offense, but I got to go to bed. So... <laughs> I just didn't have time to bake a whole pie this evening. In any event, though, Rooney Mara ate enough pie in this movie, I think, for all of us for a lifetime. (laughs) This movie, I saw it last year in New York at a screening 
that David Lowry actually was in attendance for, um, not with any of the film stars, but he was there with uh, the film's producers. He was there with uh, the costume designer, the cinematographer. A lot of a lot of the tech people were there, and they did a Q and A afterwards. And I just remember um, being completely completely knocked on my ass when I saw this movie. I knew I had seen something special, and. When this film was voted on by the uh, Patreon supporters of Next Best Picture to be our throwback review this month um, to tie into with The Old Man and the Gun, I mean, I, I just, I, I was completely overjoyed because this was a, this was the kind of film that I am so, so, so happy to be able to go back and revisit something like this. And apparently the fans are excited to hear what we all think about it as well. It's one of the few film review f- films from last year that we did not do a review for. On the podcast, and now we're finally writing that wrong tonight. So, with that said, who who wants to go first to discuss a ghost story? <laughs> I'll go first. All right, Josh Parham, take it away. Well, I mean, if you pay any attention to uh, to me on Twitter, you will know that I have a lot of affection for a ghost story. It was my favorite film last year. I think it is an incredible piece of filmmaking. And I agree with you, Matt, that this movie just sort of knocks you down when you watch it. I remember when the movie was over, the first time I ever saw it in the theater, I was just sitting there in silence, just taking in everything that I had seen because it is this wonderful meditation on life and death and time and grief and all of these different things sort of wrapped up into each other. But it manages to say all these things with such poetry and lyricism and it is such a profound experience that i've had in watching a movie i think it is an incredible piece of filmmaking that i just love from top to bottom all right all right danila what about you um it's definitely one of my favorites of that year as well it, it the first time watching it um it was i, I was just struck by like is it really going to be this simple you know are they going to overcomplicate things that they can add subplots they they had they had faith in the concept and they followed it through and the movie is all the more fascinating because of it i think just the beauty of the simplicity and what it allows you to kind of take in and the characters to take in is what makes it special and it has a very unique like certain movies have a hypnotic quality this one has one kind of all into itself you know you're left thinking you're left kind of reflecting on your own on your own past and your own you know all your personal things so it's definitely a, a special movie and uh, both times i've seen it it's provoked a very kind of strong reaction so i look forward to watching this in the years to come and kind of pulling it apart further yeah this is definitely a movie that i am too going to continue to i think revisit over time yeah because one of the themes is time and i do think that uh, as we gain more life experience the film itself has the potential to change um in our own perception so that's a good call out there uh josh williams what about you uh yeah i mean you guys kind of hit all the points the i think a word that gets used uh that describes the film perfectly is uh transcending it's very um it's just very like you guys have said it's very um it's very good at transporting you into a different state of mind and it has a as a very specific quality that you don't find in a lot of films and even like i'm sure we'll talk more in depth about this scene later but a scene that i really enjoy in the movie um is when 
there's the party scene and the guy at the table is talking about like life and death and leaving behind a legacy. And so even when the film decides to like stop the shtick for a moment of like the ghost is just like wandering around and he's caught in this like loop of time and has to like live through the motions. It's still really great that the film can like come to a halt at that and take time to like deliver a message like through dialogue or so that, um, people can kind of fully grasp the experience of like, this is what this film is really about. And it's really trying to push that not only through like the character decisions and like the actual plot of the film, like what actually happens on screen, but also in just like a very small moment that's completely out of whack from the rest of the film. So I think the, I think David Lowry's like, um, willingness to do that, to kind of bring everything to a halt to like, witness this one small moment is a really good move. And I think we don't see that from a lot of directors today. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right about that for sure. You know, David Lowry himself is a very interesting talent in that he can go from doing a small independent feature such as this to something like Peach Dragon then um, Mm -hmm. right afterwards. And, you know, his his versatility as a – well, actually, no, uh, Peace Dragon, I think, was before this. Yeah. Yeah. But his versatility, though, as a director uh, is definitely there. And I very much prefer um, the stories such as these, and I hope he continues to tell more like this. Um, I'm seeing The Old Man and the Gun in a couple of days, so we'll see where that falls in the spectrum of things. But this, to me, is a bona fide masterpiece, and I... I didn't really feel that way necessarily. I think I did feel that way at first when I saw it, but I was so hesitant to want to give it like the full praise that I know now upon a second viewing that it definitely deserves. Um, And I think a large part of that had to do with, um, I was trying to be considerate towards uh, moviegoers that would watch this and say to themselves, why am I watching somebody eat a pie on the floor for six minutes? Why am I watching these two people just lay in bed and just look at each other with no dialogue for like four minutes? Like, what? Like, I don't understand. And for those people, I was trying to be considerate. I think when I first initially left the film, I was leaning with like a nine out of 10 score. And then I eventually settled on an eight out of 10 score. And the film didn't even make my top 10 of last year. Uh, this is something I would love to go back and fix now, if I could. I'd like to be the ghost and just travel through time so that I could fix this moment here. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just destined to not be able to fix it and watch myself make the same mistake over and over and over again and just continuously relive it all. Either way, A Ghost Story is the kind of movie that I love in filmmaking. It presents a unique concept told in a visually uh, stylistic way that in and of itself feels unique and different is unlike anything that we've seen before. And when it's all said and done, I feel like we walk away from it having a newfound appreciation for life, a new outlook on life, and it makes us ask a lot of questions. So that's what I kind of came prepared for with this review today, was I wanted to ask you all some questions that this movie made me think about. Um, And a lot of it actually is um, brought up during this really, 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 like, I I just, I don't even know if the word's awesome. I don't even, I don't know what the word is used to describe it. But there's this amazing scene uh, with Will Oldham, who uh, plays, like, this guy at a party. And he is just going on and on and on about how... 
everything that we do in life is utterly meaningless because everything eventually is going to die. Like your children are going to die and their children are going to die and everything that we've created is going to die and the earth as we know it is going to die and the universe is going to just keep on expanding and it's all going to just be for nothing. So this whole idea that we're on this planet, we're on this like, you know, on this earth for a small amount of time and we're always trying to create a legacy, something that's going to live on after we pass away, you know, it kind of like makes you take a step back for a moment and go, huh, so what is the point of everything? You know, why are we doing, why are we doing, why are we doing this podcast? You know, like why, like, like what is the point? What is the point of anything? And I just want to know, like, I want to start off with something like that. What When that speech occurs and he has that long monologue that kind of just stops the entire party, like everybody's at the table just like, okay, like, <laughs> there he goes again with those ideas. But at the same time, like, w- what was everyone's big, big takeaway from uh, that scene? Because that's, that's the most dialogue in the whole movie right there. So I think that's the scene that warrants the most deconstruction. Yeah, it definitely is the most dialogue in the film. And also it's the point in the movie where I feel like as much as I am interested in what he has to say, there is a little bit of a danger of it coming across as like we're spelling out the theme of the movie in this you know 10 minute sequence right here. But I think what he has to say is very uh, profound to what the movie is trying to say that, yes, we do have these legacies and we try our best to keep to them and hope that even though our children will perish and and time will move on, that hopefully something that we deliver onto this earth will still live on after that. And we can't ever really know that for sure. We can only hope that we have done the best that we can to keep going. And I think that, you know, if you look at the Casey Affleck ghost character who just keeps going through time uh, backwards and forward just to find some relevancy to his existence and the existence of people around him, I think it very much feeds into what humanity is always searching for. So it's it's a really great moment in the film, I, I think. So then I guess my question then becomes this. It, what, it, what, in your opinion, because the, go, the ghost can go through time, go through a sequence of events, either from his own life or any point in life in general, and the concept of time uh, is utterly meaningless. There is no concept of time. Um, and the editing of this movie is, oh my God, like that's something that upon a rewatch, I was just awestruck by this time around was how immaculately edited this film is. Mm-hmm. I mean, to show that that passage of time is such a very simple, but yet very effective manner. Um, the fact that the ghost can travel through all this time because there is no time, live out these sequences of events. What do you think ultimately in the end is what makes um, K- uh, Casey Affleck or C, as he's referred to as in this, um, the ghost, if you will, what is it that makes him move on? I think it's kind of like that sense of yearning, like in the, in the sense of, in that scene where the guy's talking at the party, um, you know, like jo- like Josh said, um, there is a lot of talk about leaving behind something. And so, like, as we come to know, like, in the film, like, Rooney Mara was leaving, like, notes in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, searching for that and, like, him wanting to know what those notes said. And so, like, um, it's often referred to that, like, when you die, like, 
if you have unfinished business, like you're not going to pass over into the other world. You're just going to like, or into like another life. You're just going to wander aimlessly, like until you figure out what it is that you regret or like have guilt over. So I think it's a sense of the ghost character wanting to figure out why he is a ghost. You know, why is he still in the white sheet and why is he still constantly moving through time and living out these different experiences when he could have simply have just died and gone on to his next, like, you know, life or passage or whatever. Um, But instead he's left to witness, like, very early civilization as we see, like, later in the film or, like, very advanced civilization as we see much later on. And then, of course, like, the same time period he was living in when he was actually, like, a physical being. So it's hard to say why he's still wandering. And I think he doesn't even know. He's just trying to figure out what it is and like desperately trying to like latch on to something physical for him to and then once he figures it out obviously he thinks he may be able to like peacefully move on so that's what i would take it as and isn't it so poetic too that he manages to retrieve the note from the wall yeah you know he reads it vanishes and we the audience don't ever know what it says yeah yeah. I'm glad we don't know what it says. I'm glad we don't get to because it. because it's a because per, it's a personal thing between those two characters, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it, or maybe it means nothing at all. Either way, the ghost gets what he needs, and then he's able to uh, pass on. Yeah. What I found so fascinating though about this was that this is an event. Her putting the note in the wall that we that we see earlier on in the film, like this is something that happens earlier, and it's though as if like. It's not that he misses the moment. He does try to claw at it in the door, but then the bulldozer comes mm-hmm. and knocks everything down and the house gets destroyed and then he's not able to find the note. And that's when he goes through the whole passage of time. Now, do you think Do you think he goes through the passage of time because he's bored? No, I'm kidding. But like <laughs> maybe there either, either a couple of things. Either there's a curiosity factor there. You know, let me go back in the past before I was alive and let me just see what what it was all like while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Or do you think it's he doesn't know what he is searching for to your point, Josh, and he's just going all throughout time to just try and find what it is in that one spot? I think with the note thing, it definitely comes down to like and this is a thing that like most people can relate to, which again speaks to like the universality of the film of like a lot of people think that they know what they want. And so with something like the note that's hidden within the wall, like that he's never read when he was alive, you know, it makes a lot of sense that he would want to know what it says. And he would want to know like what that means, especially after the scene where we hear Rooney Mara, like tell the story about how she did that as a kid. And so um, it's interesting to look at it from that perspective too. Like you just said, if he, if that was actually what he was looking for was what the note says, or if it's something completely different that he has to figure out on his own. Parm, what do you think? Uh, I agree with that. And I think it's also interesting that he manages to see that note after he has taken this very long and incredible journey. Mm -hmm. And when he's interrupted with the bulldozer, it almost is like, you know, the universe, if you want to call it that sort of telling him, you are not ready to really recognize what it is that you actually want. That note isn't going to be your answer right now. And when he does go through the future and then the past and then basically haunting himself in that house and seeing how his own decisions in that relationship have played out through a different perspective, that gives him this bigger picture of 
the life that he is living and the world that he's living in so that by the time he gets to that note, it doesn't really matter to the audience what it actually says. What it matters most, what matters most is that he is now in a moment where he has a bigger realization about everything that has been happening around him. And I think that is what gives him the actual closure to cross over. All right. Now, my next question in regards to time, do we think that the ghost goes back in time or do we think, to borrow a line from True Detective, that time is a flat circle <laughs> and it's a loop? Uh, it's probably just a loop. I don't think he goes like backwards or anything. It's probably just a different variation. I feel like the implication is that it's a bit of a loop because because um, then it invites the whole like, well, then he always went back because the piano always makes that noise and Casey Affleck mm-hmm. always gets up. Like it just brings up too many time travel issues. The yeah. idea of it being kind of always that's the case, I think, is the best way to kind of take it. <laughs> when you say time travel issues, I always think of the line from uh, Looper when... Oh, with the straws <laughs> and the... <laughs> no, 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 when Jeff, Dang- when Jeff Daniels like, oh, this time travel shit will fire your brain like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think of like Interstellar and I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's a great comparison actually is Interstellar. It is. I thought about that, yeah. yeah. Especially uh, in regards to the piano and it reminded me so much of the, uh, of the bookshelf uh, mm-hmm. while watching it again. I didn't actually draw that connection the first time I watched it, but the second time I was like, ah, you know what, that, re- that reminds me of Interstellar. And it's Matthew McConaughey's son too. Weirdly. Yeah. Murph! <laughs> hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but you are listening to a preview of our full review for the 2017 film, A Ghost Story. In order to get the full review, you will have to head over to our Patreon channel, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get this review and other exclusive podcast content as well. Thank you so much for listening to us here on the Next Best Picture Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on Acast and CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to let us know what you think of the show. Thank you so much as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.